Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Braun Strowman just pins him and says, Chapter 5. <laughs> oh, man, that Big E would have come out and be like, What the fuck, man? <laughs> Steal my five-pound gimmick? Chapter 10. And then Tyler Dillinger's like, What the fuck, bro? Steal my gimmick? <laughs> and the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. <laughs> All right, count to fucking, like, 11. Does anyone have a problem? Does anybody have a problem with 11? <laughs> and that's my number. Because I can't count higher than that. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. <laughs> uh, awesome. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of your Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by the Super Smart Brothers. My name is Joshi and the New Jersey Kid, and my tag team partner is the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. And we do actually have an exciting week of wrestling, do we not? We do. We fucking like, do. I say exciting every week, and there, there's usually some good things and a little mix of bad things, but like, this is one of those weeks where it's it's really good. This is one of those weeks where you actually fucking mean it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a fucking filler word. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. 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 Show. So exciting. I am so excited that I decided last week to talk just a little bit about the Mae Young Classic, just so I could get in my prediction to change it from the correct prediction of Kyrie Sane to Shayna Baszler, just so that everybody would know that I was fucking wrong coming into this show. <laughs> As uh, Kyrie Sane wins. Uh, Damn, we should have included that in our... Uh... I know, it's like, I should have like post-impact, just like, ah, oh, fuck, it's too late, I already posted this episode. Now it's too late, everybody <laughs> done, knows. Done like a really bad cut-in, I think... <laughs> Kyrie Sane. Whoa, Kyrie win. Sane. <laughs> yeah. You have Siri say it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What it was like, it's so bad because I was so fucking confident, too. I was just like, all right, I have to get this prediction out. It's well, Shayna Baszler. No doubt. 100%. <laughs> Bam. Let's, let's think about this, though. That it, like this, The cards were completely stacked in Shayna's favor. Yes. You, and- you had her being like the dark horse in the tournament from the beginning. Um, you had her going up against Kyrie Sane, which, I mean, we don't have too many tournaments to base it off of, but at least with the cruiserweight, um, the the favorites going in weren't the ones that ended up winning in the end. Mm-hmm. So that worked in Shayna's favor for this. Um, and then you had the four horsemen angle coming up possibly. Mm-hmm. as, like, being in her favor for winning it. Right. But then, yeah, they, they gave it to Kyrie, and and after it happened, because initially I was so set on the, like, oh, yeah, give it to Shayna, this is, like, the start of her monster fucking run. But mm-hmm. then after the Kyrie, Wayne, Kyrie won, and for a minute or two I was like, huh. But then it started to sink in, and I was like, you know what? I think this was a really good move, and I'm going to tell you why. It's for a couple different reasons. The first one is that... I was kind of thinking that, like, if they had just kind of gave it to Shayna Baszler, in a way, it would almost make me think that then the Mae Young Classic is just subservient to Shayna Baszler. Like, she's almost bigger than it, in a way. Like, it would just Mm -hmm. be like, oh, yeah, whatever, she also won the Mae Young Classic. But, like, within the context of the Mae Young Classic itself, because, like, I feel like before it would just be sort of, like, her launching point. But, like, as it stands now, it's like, oh, as a standalone product, it kind of made sense for Kyrie to win. Because it was like the baby face coming out over the heel. And that because she's going to have a little bit harder time establishing her own identity. Just because Asuka was a Japanese girl too. And that's just sort of the... Even though their gimmicks are fucking super different. Like just the fact that she's another Japanese girl. Like it's just going to be harder for like her to get her own footing. And her Mm -hmm. winning the Mayan Classic I think helps her. Yeah. A lot more. Where Shayna Baszler is like her fucking name like... She she is going to be made by her name, I think, even more so than if she had won this classic. Because even if she had won this, that would still be secondary to her being Shanna Baszler, right? Yeah, and if they do go through with this four horsewomen versus four horsewomen angle, mm-hmm. 
her being associated with Ronda Rousey is going to be enough to get her over. Right. And then another thing that I think it does that's very interesting is it, it if they wanted to go back to it later, you've got a really cool built-in storyline here, too, of, like, Shayna Baszler could, could come back after Kyrie Sane at some point. Yeah. Try and, like, avenge this loss. Because, like, the way that they booked it, too, was not that, like, Kyrie just, like, beat her and it was over. It was, like, she was getting her ass handed to her until she fucking got that rib injury spot on Shayna. Yeah, and then with her top rope moves, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like she she overcame the monster that was Shayna mm-hmm. Baszler. So you could definitely, I think, go right into Shayna just basically saying, like, look, you got fucking lucky. That you mm-hmm. hit that spot and I got injured in that fight. Uh, if we fought again, there would be no, like, unless you got lucky again, there's no way you could beat me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Shayna had just won, I feel like there would be less to go back to. Exactly. Um. So that pretty much, <laughs> uh, that pretty much covers the finals of the uh, May Young Classic tournament. Um, so, do we want to run down the rest of it? Maybe not every single match, but I wanted to at least go through like maybe some of the participants and just kind of see like who Ex- you want to sign, who are you like, nah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my, I think the the obvious first two is Kyrie and Shayna, right? Oh yeah. I mean, definitely take fucking both of them if you can. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think they probably are. Because that's that seems to be their pattern is that like whoever's in the finals are definitely both people who they've signed. Yeah. Which which makes sense from like a booking standpoint too, because like in case anything fucking goes wrong, you want to make sure that whoever wins this is somebody that you've signed so that it's like, oh shit, well the one guy got fucking injured or something happened, so we gotta switch the finish or something. Yeah. You don't want somebody who isn't signed with you, or at least in WWE's mentality, right? Yeah, and just with promoting it, too. Uh, if you're going to promote something hardcore, you want it to be something... You want to put that promotion into people that you're going to have long-term. Right, like you want... <laughs> having built somebody up and giving them a big win, you want to then use that buzz in your promotion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, So my first one, besides those two, for, I think, either right into either NXT or even on the main roster, is Bianca Belair. Wow, she's your next big one? Yeah. Because, I mean, I would definitely, I think, definitely take her as well. But uh, I think she's got to be in NXT. There's no way that she's main roster ready yet. I But I don't think it takes that long in NXT, though. But, like, we have... Because... But, like, I'm trying to remember. Like, she must have cut a promo in the... I, I feel like I wasn't impressed. So she needs some time to develop more of the character. But like from an in-ring work standpoint, I think I could probably agree with you. Yeah, I, she was definitely fantastic in the ring. Who you got? Uh, let's see. So like the other people I really fucking love to see them have. Uh, obviously, Tony Storm would be one. Mm-hmm. She is uh, fucking yeah. kick ass in this tournament, dude. Uh, one of those veterans that came in and uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, Just it's insane it. because she's a fucking veteran, dude, and she's 21. Yeah, <laughs> you get so much fucking mileage out of that girl because I was yeah. like, I was thinking about it too. I was looking up the ages of some of these other girls. Like, so Kyrie is twenty eight or twenty nine, uh-huh. something like that. But then Shayna Baszler's like thirty seven, dude. Well, yeah, because she spent most of her career in MMA. Yeah, and it's like I mean, I knew that too, but like, I guess I just hadn't put all the math together of like, wow, she, wait, she was in MMA that long. So mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah, so like, oh yeah, she's fucking older. So yeah. When I realized that, too, I was like, maybe that's part of the reason that they, she didn't win as well. Is because, it's like, well, she's around for now, but, you know, who knows how long she's going to be a wrestler. Because she's already yeah. 37. That's kind of late. You know? Yeah. And especially for women. I don't really... There's not a lot of women who are wrestling later. At least not in WWE. <laughs> for fucking sure. They get rid of old women real quick. Like, if you're past yeah. 30, it's like, uh-oh. Um... But I think Shayna could at least have a good amount of a run. Oh, yeah. I think she'll definitely at least get a couple years in there, maybe. I could see that for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, unless she gets injured or something. Um, um, but, yeah, let's see. Other than that, uh, Mercedes Martinez. I feel like I would definitely. Oh, another vet. Surely definition of the word veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's been doing it, what, like 21 years or something like that. She's yeah. been in the business. And trained Shayna, so, yep. I mean, resume builder there. Uh, I don't know if this is cheating, but uh, Santana Garrett, just because we've seen her in 
NXT. Uh, and I thought she was great there. Mm-hmm. Don't know if she ever was signed, though. But I think after this, she definitely needs to be. Yeah, I feel like she did all right. Um, I mean, I would sign her, but I, I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't go super out of my way to sign her. Uh, but let's see. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, because well, she only had the one fucking match in the tournament, too. So it's not as much to go off. I'm of, basing know? it off of NXT, though. Yeah, I'm trying to write because, like, I feel like she's had a couple of matches in NXT, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's she's been all right. I feel like she hasn't had a lot of really, like, long matches or anything, right, though? It's usually pretty short. I think she's had some decent ones, though. I guess I'm just, I just don't have a good memory for it. So I'll have to trust yeah. you on this one. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, Santana Garrett. But actually, you know, even more in Santana Garrett, I would take the girl who took her out, Piper Niven. Yeah. She Great Australian talent. I had no idea. She was she's Scottish. Oh, I thought she was from uh No, never mind. Were you thinking of somebody else? I might be. Were you thinking of Rhea Ripley? Possibly. Because I just remember uh definitely sign her as well. She's yeah. fucking twenty years old. She's only twenty? She's only twenty, dude. Oh my god. And Rhea Ripley. Because like okay, so she's twenty, so there you go. You've got fucking however many fucking years you want out of her. Yeah. On top of that, she fucking looks fucking smoking hot. She's, like, basically as big and athletic. Like, she has, like, a frame kind of like Charlotte. She's, mm-hmm. like, got that really kind of, like, tall athletic build. Very athletic, yeah. And then at the same time, it's, like, there were a couple times in her, particularly in her match with Dakota Kai, where, like... That's another could, one I was going to say. Yeah, I would also take Dakota Kai, I think. Uh, but with Rhea Ripley, it was like in her match with Dakota Kai, there was a couple like just amazing little moments of like some here like heel sneer that like I was looking at her. I was like, oh, my gosh, this girl is almost like you take Charlotte and you put a little bit of Pete Dunne in there. Just a little bit like mm-hmm. for the heel facials and stuff like it was some moments of genius in there, dude. Moments of and genius. I could see her just being like a vicious heel. I was thinking it was uh, Dakota Kai. I was thinking of she's New Zealand, so I knew mm-hmm. Australia close by. I think. Yeah. Anyone from New Zealand? I apologize. I know you guys take that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> the Tasman rivalry. Yes. Yeah, I would, I would take Dakota Kai for sure. Um, let's see who are who are some of the other ones I would probably take. Um, Abby Lath. I'm not quite sure. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, Candice LeRae for might, sure, because you can. Abby Lath might be Gargano. a good like NXT. Yeah, Abby Lath might be a good like NXT talent. Yeah, maybe like help her groom some new talent and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Although you know, like we already kind of have Mickey James as a veteran in the company, so I don't really know if you need Abby Lath if you've got Mickey James. Sure. Uh, so I, I don't know. I guess I'd probably yeah. pass on Abby Lath then. But yeah, definitely take Candice yeah. LeRae because you got her and Gargano. Oh, so. definitely. I you know, you yeah, fucking uh, put her Gargano into a Miz or well I guess not yet but uh I was gonna say maybe at some point Miz and Maurice you gotta feud with them. Oh nice yeah the the women and men of wrestling tag team. Couple versus couple do a little bit better than the John Cena and Nikki Bella feud. <laughs> yeah, you'd also uh, bring up Roddy and his wife for that. Yeah, there you go. You could have Roddy and Marina Shafir, and you could have uh, the yeah. Usos and Naomi. <laughs> the Usos have, have all the couples. You know what? There are so fucking many couples in WWE, dude. I think you actually legitimately could make a mixed tag division. Like if yeah. all the on-screen and couples then... got together, so you put back together like Rusev and Lana. Um, let's see who are some of the other ones. Carmella and, uh, and Cass. bring in from the failing GFW, uh, Johnny, Johnny Impact and uh, Taya. Yeah, Johnny Mundo and Taya. That I feel like proportionally now there are so many more wrestlers that are actually married to other wrestlers, which mm. I guess kind of makes sense just from the fact that there yes. are more women wrestlers. But I don't know; it just it just seems kind of like a crazy amount, right? Yeah, and I think like I brought up uh, the scheduling is just a lot better now, um, and they seem to keep. I think the only couple who's on like different shows in WWE at least is um, Big Cass and. Uh, and Carmella. Why am I blanking on her name? Carmella, yeah. Uh, I have so many other women wrestlers on my mind. 
But yeah, he said that in an interview recently, actually, that he's like, he's like, yeah, I think we're the only couple that are actually on two different shows. So they don't get to see each other too much. So mm-hmm. otherwise, it's a pretty good, pretty good schedule if you're on the same show. Well, other than it just being fucking, you know, crazy hours and stuff. But yeah, yeah, at least at least, yeah, I guess most of these couples are on the same show and stuff. Yeah, so they get to go to the same cities. I mean, that's got to uh, be fucking great for morale. I mean, I'm sure that's fucking yeah. by design. So, <laughs> that's good. Oh, I get to see my wife all the time? Yay. <laughs> oh, I get to see my partner so I can, like, stay sane and grounded and shit on the road? Huh. What a great idea. Edge and Christian always joke on their podcast about how they were, like, their each other's road wives. <laughs> <laughs> You know, actually, I bet you a lot of those tag team guys fare a lot better than the uh, singles competitors without their wives and stuff. Like, just because um, there's somebody that's so much more close to you that you have a relationship with. Edge was saying that it's great because, like, him and Christian knew each other before they got into the business. So, he was like, you you know each other before you get a big head. So, therefore, you can call each other on your shit. Right. He's like, so someone started getting, like, too big for their britches. The other guy could be like, hey, dude. Knock the fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I knew where you grew up. I know who you are. Come yeah. On. <laughs> Cut the shit out. I've seen you some do some stupid shit. <laughs> I've seen you do stupid shit. <laughs> Let's see. who. So who else from the uh, Mae Young Classic would you take? Cause I did we mention? I have to take Jazzy Gabbard. Yeah. Um, and did we mention Lacey Evans? No, not yet. Um, but yeah, she's, I'm try- she's already down at the Performance Center, I think, right? I believe so. That's the other hard part about this. I don't. I don't know who they've signed or not signed yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jazzy Gabbard definitely would be another one. Yeah, I would definitely take Jazzy Gabbard. Um, let's see who who else. Um, because Rachel. I feel like a lot of the other girls that lost in the first round, I probably would not take. Like Tessa Blanchard, definitely be an exception. She was good. Tessa. Tessa and like Rachel Ellering, I would definitely throw down on the performance center. Yeah. Or uh, Rachel Evers. Yes. Uh in a I like that. She paid a little homage to uh Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, because both solid foundations, but just need a little more training. For sure. Um let me see. I'm trying to I feel like there was Somebody else I was going to rave about, but maybe not. Um, I'm trying to pull up like a list here. Yes, that is what I am doing. Because I feel like there was somebody else who really stuck out to me. That I guess maybe they didn't because I'm trying to like remember <laughs> who the fuck they are. I got this list here. No, I guess that was pretty much everybody I really wanted to oh, talk how about. How um... How about Serena Deeb? Um, I thought she had a decent showing, but I don't know if I would... Dis- well, if we needed people, then maybe. Mm-hmm. But I just... Uh, her her previous run just didn't wow me, and then this didn't do much more, so mm-hmm. I didn't get that. Oh, that's someone we need to bring back and give another chance to. Oh, Mia Yim. You know what? I would take Mia Yim. That was the other one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Another. I she did pretty fucking well. She had a nice solid run in uh, TNA as well, so mm-hmm. she had some experience. And especially with her whole doing the, uh, like, battered women's shelter, whatnot, it was like, oh, okay. They, I mean, they got <laughs> right, I guess, right? Yeah. We're going to promote like, that one. Well, because, like, Stephanie McMahon is always about the whole, like, uh, philanthropy is the future of marketing and advertising and shit it's like oh there yeah. you go you got another fucking yeah. thing to advertise got connor's cure now you got the mia yim battered women's whatever yep <laughs> imagine if that was a fucking horrible name for it yeah just donate some money to the mia yim's battered women or whatever <laughs> oh man or we'll give every woman a pair of brass knuckles so she can beat the shit out of some guy that's giving her shit <laughs> In my head, I ran through a couple transitions, and I just thought that none of them are going to go over Because well. <laughs> mm. I was, one I thought of was, speaking of batter, that's how I felt after watching Raw. <laughs> well, dude, I bet that that's how uh, Reigns felt after that uh, drug test comment from Cena. That yeah, was that's like the... the planted, like, I think, 
I think Cena was just like, all right, no matter how this goes, that's my ace in the hole at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think it could be kind of like a test to see how Reigns takes it on live TV? It could be. I mean, I feel like at this point he's he's really cut Roman down pretty bad the last two yeah. weeks. So at this and point like, it's like, yeah, at this point, like, what else can you do to the guy as far as dressing him down on the mic? And what has Roman had to, like, to come back with? Like, this week he brags that with John Cena away and him to, like, quote, at the helm of the company, so to speak, mm-hmm. that, like, business has never been better when that's absolutely false. <laughs> well, from a from the ticket standpoint, that part was false. But, like, from a business standpoint, that part's actually somewhat true. Like, they actually are still making a shitload of money. And they're making a good making amount money. of money. But they're not, like, he's not doing substantially better than Cena. Yeah, I mean, not not individually better than him. Like, definitely not even in, like, merch sales or whatever, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the company is doing well from, yeah. like, an overall money standpoint, but... Oh, ab- yeah, absolutely. Like, I felt like, yeah, his his points were not great, but his delivery of his points has, has gotten a lot better. Oh, yeah, this, this was out of... For delivery, this was his best promo. Yeah, he was a lot more comfortable... So that was good. That's at least a step in the Didn't, right direction. It wasn't awkward at all. He flowed nicely from one point to the next. Yeah. And his the responses he did get to Cena were like very normal. Um, but I think Cena won in terms of this like this build up so far cuz and one of his biggest shots at Cena was uh he was like how long it took him to beat um Jason Jordan and then Reigns took longer to beat him. Although, I mean, Reigns did make a couple of points this week that I did like, though. Like, his um, basically saying that, you know, John, you know, because, like, his extension with the whole, like, you know, my being so good at my job and selling the tickets and whatnot is basically proving that WWE doesn't need you, John. You need WWE. And especially after you trying to get into Hollywood and Hollywood not wanting you, like, you really need WWE because you've got nowhere else to go. Like... So I was like, okay, we're getting into a little bit of some stuff. That was a little better. I mean, it wasn't, like, super well done. Yeah, because Cena's kind of, you progress. know, leaving for a Transformers movie. <laughs> yeah, but at least it's like, okay, it's progress. We're, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there, Reigns. This is, like, a lot I, way too soon for you, but it's okay. We're getting there. I Eric Bischoff had this suggestion on his podcast, and I thought this would have been hilarious. Is, uh, so... Rain saying that uh, Hollywood is rejecting uh, Cena, and uh, Bischoff goes, "Yeah, you should be like, yeah, I just got cast in the Transformers movie, and what have you done?" And just cut to like a video of Reigns in those PSAs with his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I can just feel like, oh, that's the Hollywood acting you've done. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you and your dad jeans. Yeah, <laughs> with I had to rewatch it. He Bischoff mentions about like a creepy mailman in the window. What? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, he's like, guys, him with his daughter and some creepy mailman shows up in the window. I was like, I have to rewatch those ads. Did I miss something? <laughs> oh, no. This is bad. I missed some shit. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> creepy mailman. Uh, what well, wasn't creep this week and well, you know, actually you know made why sense was uh, Bray Wyatt this. against Goldust. Yeah. That actually did make some fucking was sense. Was it Cena? No, I was, like that was the fir- perfect fucking guy to like have uh, Wyatt beat in his little feud here with Balor of like oh yeah another guy who you know at least in the storyline you hide behind the face paint or something yeah and although Goldust is always good for a match so yeah although I guess they they fucking just dropped his whole whatever he was supposed to be doing right with like finding yeah, a looking, progeny or progeny. yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? We're, we're, they could still do with Emma. I feel like Emma would be an interesting choice. As a, like a protege to Goldust. Yeah, like have have Goldust be kind of like her manager or something. Like you actually, know what, actually, this could kind of work with her character right now, being obsessed with like the Twitter and things like that. The Twitter, and I think actually, if you if you combine a little bit of this with a little bit of the Emmalina character, because like she was doing so many like the glamorous pictures and the ridiculousness, like if Goldust kind of helps accentuate all that, and is like you know, like putting like a bunch of gold shit on her, and is like you know filming her 
And then she's like, and saying, I'm going to make you a star. You're going to be trending, like, kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Like, maybe you almost make it, like, really artsy and weird, too. Well, yeah, like, it's got to be gold, like, gold dust, right? Right. So then, yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Try it. It's it's better than what either one of them Why are doing not? now. <laughs> like, exactly. it's better than the nothing that Goldust is doing. <laughs> and the basically nothing that Emma's doing, so. Yeah. Um, shot. Then we had the, uh, well, actually before that, uh, we had the final confrontation between Brock and Strowman. Uh, because Brock will not be at Raw next week mm-hmm. on the Go Home Show, um, but I don't think there's too much else to do with them, right? So you had Strowman do the the dominance thing this week, mm-hmm. and then maybe have them do some kind of pre-taped backstage thing next week or something like that. And I think you're good to go for this match. Yeah, uh, well, I, I feel like I heard a thing that Brock was taping something for next week already, so like he won't be mm-hmm. there, but there'll be some sort of segment. Which, they've done a lot of those ones where it's just, like, him backstage talking, kind of like an interview style. So maybe they'll do mm-hmm. one of those again where he's just talking about fighting Braun Strowman. And then, I assume Braun Strowman yeah. will either have, like, a short match or just some other way to do a feat of strength next week. Yeah. I mean, there's not much else you have to do to build up this match. It's going to be two behemoths going at each other. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, I don't even know how much fucking you need to do next week. You might just need to show... A little bit of what he did this week, because like Braun Strowman fucking physically manhandled the shit out of both Lesnar and John Cena in one night. Yeah, like that's as far as like this era of WWE, it really doesn't get a lot more impressive than that. Yeah. Hold on, we're gonna have you manhandle the two most over guys on our show. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have you destroy the guy who's the you know the guy to beat right now, and then also the face of the company, in one night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. <laughs> and shit. Are 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 you sure? <laughs> wow, I guess you guys must think pretty highly of me. <laughs> Imagine like I don't know how Braun Strowman actually talks, but I like what <laughs> she's like very calm. She's like, oh wow, all right guys. I hope the crowd really likes it. <laughs> <laughs> just really like, it's like all right better get ready to go out he's there. like drinking <laughs> tea <I mean. laughs> like that sounds like an excellent idea vince like <laughs> oh <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> oh i'm not finished with you yet <laughs> uh and then we had the announcement of a new baby in the wwe yes the Intercontinental Baby, as I'm calling it. <laughs> Miz and Maurice have announced that they're having their first child. And it's already part of the fucking programming. So, mm-hmm. actually, you know what? I have two different thoughts. Because I was, I was going to address... I'm going to do this one quick first. Because this is weird and I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. Because I couldn't help but keep thinking that, like, what if this is somehow a work and it's not real? And let me explain to you the really weird way that I that I envisioned this paying off. Because, like, okay, you have the whole, like, all right, Miz and Maurice are there. Maurice is supposed to be pregnant or something. And then you have a match with Jason Jordan and the Miz. Yeah. Jason Jordan's, you know, trying to come at the Miz and all that sort of shit. And Miz does his, like, typical thing of sometimes he, like, jumps out of the way or puts Maurice in the way sort of yeah. thing. And Jordan's going to be going for, like, his, like, spear in the corner or something like that. Yeah. And then he, like, spears Maurice somehow, like, into the corner and, like, you know, like, kills the baby. And then if what's, like, if that's somehow, like, the spot of his heel turn or something like that, it's like he killed the Ms. Maurice baby that didn't exist, but, like, in kayfabe it does. You you know they've done that before, right? I know. That's why I'm, like, it's, like <laughs> that's why I'm, just, I'm smelling this shit. And I'm, like, it would make no sense for them to do this shit, but, like, I can't help but think they're going to do it. For some reason. <laughs> so like I imagine you like with a conspiracy theory of like Lita's back in the WWE right now. <laughs> she was involved in this angle before. <laughs> yeah. Gene Snitsky has been seen around. <laughs> that's why they had her as the announcer for the Mayon Classic, Joe. It's yeah. all part of the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Maybe I have a bad, weird feeling that's going to happen. But uh, the thing I really want them to do 
is to really go full in on the intercontinental baby as an angle. Because if this is real, then as Marie starts the show and stuff, I want Miz to start like wrapping the intercontinental title around her pregnant belly. And then mm-hmm. eventually, like once the baby is born, to like cradle him or her inside of the intercontinental title. Like that's what I want. I want oh, this to uh, just or be imagine, obnoxious. I'm imagining him having like a mini replica belt like around the baby when it's born. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh, that'd be perfect too. Oh, and him he, being he like could, he could get see, one from Maurice too, and it was... could be the intercontinental family. Yes. All three of them. And he could be like this baby was born a champion. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. This baby was conceived a champion. This baby was born a champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. Oh my god, uh-huh. you could even build it cuz like up, oh, you know what? It perfectly makes sense cuz like one of the fucking things that Cena was making fun of Miz for in the lead up to the WrestleMania match was that they, they didn't haven't... have a kid yet. So he was saying that he was shooting blanks. What if this is all part of Mrs. Thing? He was like, I was so mad. I couldn't believe that Cena called me out for my impotence. So I fucking <laughs> got a sperm donor and put it in Maurice and pretended it's me. <laughs> and then that's what it ties into. Because then Enzo said, you really need to ask, who's your daddy? Because he knows about the sperm donor. Because he knows a guy that works at the sperm bank. The conspiracy goes really. I was gonna say it's growing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Do you want to know who it is that works at the sperm bank? Who? It's Eric Rowan. (laughs) As he's oh, because wait, was he supposed to be a vintner or something? Like he sits there and like tastes wine as he's collecting. Oh, is he mixing semen in with the wine? No, not the one. He does his two jobs at the same time. Like, No, I bet that's a secret ingredient. He puts some cheese in the wine. God damn God it. God damn it. <laughs> this shit is so deep. We need to stop doing this show so late. <laughs> How did we get from talking about the Intercontinental Baby to uh, Eric Rowan jacking off in the wine and drinking? <laughs> Uh, All right, so SmackDown. <laughs> no transitions needed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have to go back because the fan question actually would have was part of Raw. Because uh, okay, <laughs> um, I'm trying. This must have been part of the tag match commentary because uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were going on and on. They one of them mentioned something about Batman, uh-huh. about Batman being a good tag team partner, and the fan question of the week is Joe. Would Batman be a good tag team partner? Because I think... No. No. Right? Although, because you say no, I'm going to defend yes. (laughs) So you say no. I'm going to say no, because as we've seen in both the comics and in the horrible rendition of Batman vs. Superman the movie... He's very prone to emotions. And mm. if he feels someone is like attacking him and stuff like that, he'll turn on them in an instant like he did Superman. Um but then all you have to do is mention his mom's name and he's all good. That's true. You just also have to have your mom named Martha. Yeah. Just yell out Martha and he'll tag in. <laughs> cause like see the thing I think that would be great about him is cause he's so fucking competent and he's so well organized and planned and thought out that it's like like what would you need to do like he is so competent that he was able to run around the city with a young boy dressed in underwear and a cape and still able to kill people and solve crime like so you just need to be as capable as like a young boy that's all you need to do so it's like all right cakewalk just let batman do all the work i i can see that yeah and then every once in a while if he needs a break you tag in you can become the baby face in peril until you tag back out and Batman gets the hot tag and wins. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I could see him being really good. Now, could you see him being more of a baby face or a heel? Because, I mean, you could do some really interesting stuff with his utility belt to cheat. And that would be kind of heelish. Though, he could also do the Eddie Guerrero thing. And he, he cheats so well that they like him for it. I, I think that's the route it would go. He'd be yeah. so crafty that people would just fall in love with it. Yeah. Like... 
the guy goes in to tag the tag team partner and he throws like a batarang and knocks him off the apron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he just clips his foot and makes him fall off the apron so he misses yeah. the tag. Yeah. <laughs> and like the ref doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> or like you throw down like a smoke grenade and just like beat the shit out of everybody or disappear. <laughs> yeah, he disappears underneath <laughs> the ring. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> just Ooh, appears behind like... them. Here. And, like, he could be, like, up in the rafters somewhere and then, like, fly down to the ring. Like, just jump out with, like, his cape and, like, kind of glide down. Yeah. There you go. That's some shit right there. <clears throat> so, Batman will be our next WWE superstar. And then, plus, like, as a babyface, he can't get screwed over by people that have more money than him or anything that are trying to bribe people because he's Bruce Wayne, too. So he can just pay off all the heels that would try to betray him. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, well, if you're just after money, then whatever. Here you go. <laughs> like, oh, all right, cool. It's like, oh, well, we tried to, yeah, that didn't work. We we tried to pay people off, and you, you beat us to it. <laughs> yeah, like the authorities trying to come in with like a bunch of security guards and all shit. It's like, oh, sorry. Um, what about my security team or my whatever? <laughs> or like, oh, we come in with a fucking Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a good tag team partner. Yeah, he'd be good. I- I'm convinced. But I don't know, like, at the same point, because, like, wrestlers are usually people who are very egotistical. Like, you've got to have, like, a strong kind of, like, sense of self and whatnot. And if you're just getting carried by Batman, that fucking gets you after a while, don't you think? Oh, people would be turning on him, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, you know what? Maybe we have to go back to the original. I think you're right. Batman would not be a good tag team partner. Or maybe he would be good, but he would inspire too much jealousy. (laughs) I was going to say, you see that jealousy forming in... uh... Robin and eventually in Nightwing, so. Mm-hmm. Well, in hell, now you're seeing it over on fucking SmackDown with Mojo Raleigh being like, fuck, or not, uh, oh, Zack Ryder being like, fuck this shit. shit, I can't handle losing. Transition of the week. Ow. But yeah, he uh, yeah, that was the loss to uh, Sheldon Benjamin and Chad Gable. Yeah, um, so are we just finally going back to the thing that should have happened a couple months ago? <laughs> well, yeah, we talked about it, though. It was like there were so many fucking tag teams breaking up. That if they broke uh, up two, that it was just like, it would have been lost. But now that they've yeah. waited a little bit, it's like, all right, now we can do this. And especially with Cass being gone, that it's like, all right, we're not constantly being reminded of Enzo and Cass breaking up. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they're pretty much, th- this feud is kind of like the second tier tag story on SmackDown, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, I'm trying to remember, I, th- I think at some point they've got to try and move Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable kind of up into... The New Day and Usos, like, kind of have mm-hmm. that. Maybe that's what they're doing next is like, all right, after beating the Hype Bros, they're going to start trying to fight those guys. Yeah, um, because now you, you pretty much have probably what the rematch with the Usos in the New Day? Yeah, because yeah. after, after them winning the titles back, like, they've got to have another match. Which was a phenomenal match. Yeah, it was oh. fucking. Dude, they've, they've had such a series of fucking excellent matches. Um,. If anyone hasn't listened to it yet, uh, the Usos were on Edge and Christian podcast, I think, like, last week or two weeks ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Really great interview about the, the evolution of these characters that they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what were uh, any good highlights or anything particular you remember? So, it was just things that I forgot about, because they've been heels for a good amount of time now. And so I forgot about their transition from babyface to heel. And one thing they brought up was, like, the different things they had to fight for. So at first they were like, um, oh, it was like, first it was like the music. Mm-hmm. It was either the music or the face paint in, in a certain order where they were like, uh, Vince is like, oh, you can't get rid of the music. That's a like, great music. And they're like, yeah, but it's so like upbeat and hype. Like people are, aren't going to think of us as heels. So, like then he let them change the music. And then he was like, but you're keeping the face paint. And so, like, week after week, they fought and, like, went into Vince and they're like, look, if we're going to be these, like, heels, we can't have our faces painted. Like, what? There's not, there hasn't been that many heels with uh, painted faces. It's more, like, baby faces. And so, finally, Vince, like, let up and let them go, like, without the face paint. And they're like, they said that's when they felt the characters clicked. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Lots of fucking fascinating story because it, it also kind of I guess illustrates that apparently these guys have more creative control than I thought they did. It's 
Uh, Edge always makes it clear. He was like, you, you've you got to fight for what you believe in, mm-hmm. but you've got to be re- ready to take the shit if it's a wrong move. So say they take the face paint off, and for some reason this heel run doesn't work out, then Vince sits there, sits there and goes, see, I was right. Mm-hmm. But since they were right, they do get more credit for, and Vince will be like, all right, I'll let you make more decisions, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's like you got to know when to take those fucking shots because if, if you get them right, then you'll get more shit. But if you get them wrong, then you're going to be yeah, in a worse spot. You have to be very calculated. Anyway. And they said, <clears throat> if you think about it, the Usos have been around for so long now. Mm-hmm. And that's what they said. They were like, we were basically like biding our time for when we felt we could make that like fight for our characters mm-hmm. and have it be worth it. Yeah, well, I, I feel like their transition this last year has been really great. So, yeah, it's been worth it in my eyes for sure. Oh, absolutely, and th- they mm-hmm. definitely think so too. So, um, but yeah, this match was great. The kendo sticks, the super kicks, everything was phenomenal. Yeah, so I, I definitely think we're going to get to see at least one more match with these guys at Hell in a Cell. Maybe we do get, like, a tag team Hell in a Cell sort of thing. Probably. I mean, the feud is definitely building up for it, so. I feel like out of, well, I mean, other than the one we're about to talk about, probably, it's the one most deserving of the Hell in a Cell sort of stipulation, because yeah. I do think that the Owens and Shane, man, like, even though it's their fucking first match together, like, after this fucking bit with Vince... Yeah, yeah. Can I we talk about so. just how fucking good Owens is from the start of that show to the finish? That guy was entertaining. Also, like, okay, from a fucking top heel perspective, isn't it fucking ridiculous? After like KO, how fucking amazing he was on this episode, and then you mm-hmm. see the other fucking big heel promo was Jinder Mahal, and it's like, and that one's the champion. Yeah. That that is the guy that you put the belt on between these two. Jinder has the champion and is sitting there making fun of Nakamura's entrance as being weird. Yeah, saying that he looks it's... constipated and that he looks like a Pikachu. Like what the yeah. fuck is happening? When it's like the most over entrance in the company. Although I will say this small thing for Jinder before we get back to Kevin Owens, uh, that he, the bad parts of his promo were in the beginning. There was a small part in the end that was good because like his. The reason that he did all that shit was he was trying to get to the point of that, oh, well, you guys were laughing? Well, yeah, exactly. That's my fucking point all along. You've been laughing at us for, like, the way that we look or something. So I was like, uh, okay, I see what you were trying to do there. Uh, like, trying to, like, get the actual reaction out of the crowd that then uh-huh. would show that they're hypocrites. So yeah. I was like, okay, I get you were trying to go for. It's still Could have done a good. little bit better. It <laughs> Could have been a lot better. Um, can you please just put the title on Nakamura now? <laughs> can Pretty this please. be done? But like, it's fucking probably not going to be, dude, because they want to fucking keep that title on him probably till they go to India, and they're doing that in December. Oh dear God, are they gonna really keep Something the title on him? I think they are, dude. I think they are. I think that's why they put it on him. <sighs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah, let's fucking go over to Kevin Owens and McMahon because that was excellent. So, at the just from the start, you have Owens saying like he's going to own the show now because of he's going to sue the company because of the assault by Shane, and just the whole show you have him interact with Aiden English saying he's going to be the new uh, writer for the theme to the KO show. Mm-hmm. You have him running into Sami Zayn saying he's going to fire him. Uh, he's going to cancel the fashion files because he doesn't understand it. He's going to merge Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon into one person. One person, yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, so great. And then all culminates with him uh, encountering Mr. McMahon in the ring and saying that, so you promise me I won't get fired if I, what it, I think his words were, if I attack McMahon in this ring mm-hmm. or something like that. And Vince goes, yeah, shakes his hand, and then Owens attacks him. I thought that was brilliant. Yep. This, this is the fucking like if they if they don't fuck this up, I think this is the feud that can like make Owens in a way. As like, like up the until true now, true main event guy. 
Yeah, because like I think up until now it's like he's done a lot of really good stuff, and I think especially the shit with Jericho was really good. But at the same time, it was still like just a really good variation of something that we've seen, which is a friend betraying a friend. But this feels mm-hmm. a little bit more of like a unique storyline of like him basically yeah. like starting with the whole like all right, like I provoked the management figure into hitting me to get him into legal trouble and then me threatening legal trouble like of trying to take over the wwe like kind of ends up in like it's it feels unique and a little bit different and then like him fucking up mcmahon like who nobody's fucked up mcmahon in a long ass time like vince yeah and so i like this feels more of like the oh like this is the unique storyline for kevin owens yeah and that if he fucking destroys shane and keeps going with this, like, I think this is the feud. Yeah, definitely. I think this is the moment for Kevin Owens. And if you think about it, think about his title run when it was back on, when he was on Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like Triple H got him the title. And then it was kind of like a similar storyline to Rollins, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, But this is, yeah, you're right. This is unique Kevin Owens storyline. And actually, like, and I would really love to see, because if he fucking beats Shane, maybe they also do the match at Survivor Series, and maybe they fucking do something there. I would love to see him kind of like the fall here in the winter, maybe like actually fucking go after and get the WWE title. I think he's got to have it. It's like if he's, cause this storyline is going to be, in my opinion, if they do this fucking right, this is going to be the SmackDown storyline for a while. Like Kevin Owens just becoming the top heel on the show. And dominating it. And I think that would have to culminate in him getting the title. And I think you could do like a short transition of like Jinder maybe to Nakamura to Owens. That could work. Yeah. But then again, it's like at the same time, I I would kind of like to see Nakamura hold on to it for a little bit. But with the way that his character is, like I think you could do a lot of title matches on with him like on TV and do like a lot in a short reign. Because, like, I want to see him have a match with AJ. I want to see him have a match with Orton. I want to see him have a match yeah. with Owens. Like, I want to see him have a match with fucking, like, Ty Dillinger and Chad Gable. Like, I want to see him fight, fight a lot of people. Ty Dillinger's killing it. Mm-hmm. He fucking killed it with AJ, too. They had a fucking stellar match for the U.S. title. They had a great 10-second match, and they had a great full-length match. <laughs> but, yeah, given 10 seconds, given 10 minutes, like, KO Dude has just been killing it. Since he stepped stepped foot in this company, and this yet again is just another instance of him, and and like there, there are a really short number of people that it would matter to perform on that level with. Jeez, hold on, that was like really long, shitty thought. He did it with McMahon. That's a big deal. That's what I meant to say, and I didn't get to it until now. (laughs) <laughs> he fucking performed on the the brightest lights when he needed to most. Because you know that, like, with McMahon, in some level, that had to have been a giant test. Is that it's like, all right, oh, yeah. we're going to, like, really give you the ball. We're going to run with this angle. I'm going to let you knock me out. So if Bloody you perform, me. this is probably going to be a big step up for him. But if he had fucked it up, it would have been like, a well, we tried to give you the ball, Kevin, but you fucked it up. But I yeah. think he absolutely did not fuck it up. So... <laughs> No, he definitely did did very well. Yeah. Damn, that was an excellent close to SmackDown. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I. And it was cool. Like it's been four years since McMahon was on SmackDown. However many years since he's been bloodied, it was just a great angle all over. And then it actually led into a pretty good episode of Two Hundred Five Live too. Yeah, like... we got good all of this week. Yeah. <laughs> 205 Live is usually my, uh, I just have to get through it show. Mm-hmm. There's maybe one, rarely I'd say there's been like two great matches or so on that. But mm-hmm. this had like a bunch of great segments and good matches. Yeah, because like the Swan TJP match was like pretty good, but we've like just, we've seen it too many times, I think. It's yeah. part of the problem and the storyline is just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was not great, but like the fashion police coming out and arresting Drew Gulak after his uh, PowerPoint presentation, yeah, with like the no chance in hell, like that. That was yeah. So good. Even even Mr. McMahon's entrance song says it: "No chance in hell." 
no chance. <laughs> so I thought that was an excellent uh, addition onto the gimmick, and then fucking Fashion Police was great. Mm-hmm. And then we got an apparent heel turn by Jack Gallagher. Yeah. What did you think Comes of the? Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, well, first of all, was it like a no contest for the match? I guess it probably would have to be, right? Because he just yeah. came down and, like, DQ'd. Yeah. And Gallagher, Gallagher comes in and looks to, like, he's going to attack Kendrick, but instead goes for Alexander and then holds out his hand to shake Brian Kendrick's hand. Yeah, teaming up with Kendrick. So do you, do you think this is actually, like, a legitimate sort of team-up, or is this going to be one of the many, like, things where they've tried to do where it's like, oh, well, I'm going to pretend to team up with you just to get back at you sort of thing? I think they've done enough of those that I think it's going to be a legitimate team up. Mm-hmm. At least I, I hope so, right? I kind of hope so too, because that, that that is kind of intriguing. I would like to see. Well, one, I would like to just see more of this different side of Gallagher, and two, it's like, yeah, fuck it. I'd like to see because I I think those two, weirdly enough, could work well together because they're both like their characters seem like they're supposed to be very intelligent, a little more calculating. So I feel like them teaming up as heels could really lead to some, like, dastardly shit. Mm-hmm. So, fuck it. I'd like to see it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Well, you know what? I mean, try it out. If it doesn't work, then just have Gallagher turn back, I guess. Yeah. Because, like, he, he was actually still getting, like, a decent reaction and stuff like that. He just didn't really have a storyline was the problem for the most part. Like, they kind of had the storyline there, I guess, with Kendrick with the whole clown thing, and which is what spurred the storyline, which is not the greatest storyline to spur this heel turn. Because I thought, like, every time that he would just get angry with Kendrick, it sort of made him look petty. Because it was just like, all he's doing is just, like, acting like a jackass and calling you a clown. Like, it's not like it fucking actually matters. (laughs) Yeah. But that, oh, apparently it's mattered to the point where it's turned him heel, so I don't know. But I guess maybe we'll that has to do more with him losing to Kendrick. Losing and just, like, match. his character kind of becoming stale, right? Like, Yeah, but I think that's partially just because they, they were putting him in a lot of matches and not storylines. So then I was just true. like, all right, well, we're just seeing you, but you're not doing anything. <laughs> you you roll up people into a ball. Yay. <laughs> Although he hasn't even fucking been doing that spot in forever either. Yeah. And I think that was part, like, they weren't letting Gallagher be Gallagher as much. They're trying to do more like the brawly spots of like, oh, well, look at he can do the headbutt. It's like, all right, cool. Save that for, you know, once in a while. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, Ready for NXT? Yeah, because over on NXT, dude, we got fucking excellent UK action. With uh, actually both of the sets of stuff had uh, UK action because Nikki Cross is from Scotland. And oh right, I always she, forget that. She came in to surprisingly help Ruby Riot deal with uh, the iconic duo. Yeah, you have uh, Ruby Riot requesting a handicap match, and then it turns into a tag team match. Mm-hmm. And people have always compared uh, the similarities between Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross, kind of being the crazy. Uh, women gimmick, but different enough, different enough that it, they both pull it off. But uh, I like this here. It's a very interesting dynamic, so to speak. Well, because there was so much animosity before, too. Like, yeah, Nikki Cross used to like was hating Ruby Riot. Well, because Ruby Riot was her like nemesis at the one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, wait, who did Ruby Riot come in with? Is that when like Roderick and like Cassius were fighting? It was Sanity. Uh, yeah. Sanity? Yeah, she came in as the counter to Nikki Cross for Sanity. Yeah. So, yeah, she's kind of been, like, intertwined with Nikki Cross ever since her debut in NXT. So this this could be maybe the evolution. But now with like Peyton Royston. Well, I was going to say, maybe they've fought enough times where it's, like, maybe somehow she's earned her respect or something. And it's, like, respect or maybe it's, in, like, like, a common enemy type thing. Yeah, it's like, maybe, like, you're my enemy, but you're my enemy. Like, nobody else is allowed to destroy you sort of thing. <laughs> like, I can't let The enemy of my enemy you. is my friend. Or that, too. Because, <laughs> like, maybe she could be like, well, I don't like the iconic duo either, so fuck them. Yeah, let's both take them out. 
But I figured it was. Um, I thought it more had to do with like something about her wants to be around Ruby Riot for some reason, and whether it's because she actually likes her or because she wants to get closer to fuck her or something. I don't know. <laughs> like fucker or fucker over either one or both. I don't know. I'm fine with whatever. I mean, I feel like Ruby Riot looks like a lesbian. I'll just throw that out there. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Good chance of it. <laughs> Good chance um, of it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Pete Dunn. But we did get Wolfgang. great UK action with... Yeah. With a great match. And then uh, having the Undisputed... The Either it's Undisputed is the name of the, the group or Undisputed Era. Not sure. Um, but it's the group of Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly taking out both the champ and Wolfgang. Yeah, they, they come in to fuck those guys up. Although, I, I have to say, dude, every single time, for, like, Kyle O'Reilly has such a little baby face that he's just not intimidating to me at all. Like, I know that from a the physical standpoint... You think he needs probably, to grow some, like, facial hair? Well, it's just, he, he just looks so goddamn... Well, you know, maybe that would be it. Because he looks so goddamn young that if you hit his face behind some facial hair, maybe that would help. Because he yeah. just, he looks like a fucking kid. I think it would. He does ha- he has a baby face. Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, Baron Corbin also has kind of a baby... Like, it's a different baby face, but he has oh. a baby face, too. Yeah. But yeah, like with 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 Kyle O'Reilly, I just can't take him seriously. At least because like I feel like he's also trying so hard to look like crazy and like unhinged and badass and stuff. And she's like, I don't buy it, dude. Like I just look at you and it's like, oh yeah, you're like an indie athlete guy. Like you're a work rate guy. You're not a oh I'm a scary crazy man. It's like no, I don't I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, because, like, I look at the other two, I'm like, all right, Adam Cole, he looks smug, he's calculated. All right, Bobby Fish, he's, like, intense, and he's kind of, like, the right-hand man. And then there's Kyle O'Reilly, who's just, like, the kid. <laughs> just, like, the kid who's, like, tagging along with these guys. It's the younger brother hanging out with, like, the cooler older brother. Exactly. That's exactly what it fucking feels like. Is It feels like Adam Cole is doing his fucking thing with his best friend, Bobby Fish, and then... Kyle O'Reilly's like, guys, can I can I come play too? And then their mom's like, like, you have yeah. you have to you have to take Kyle. You have, you have to, <laughs> you can't let him stay home. Like, fine, we'll fucking take him and let him come be part of our stable. That's what it feels like to me. Fine, he he can be an undisputed too. Fine, he can be an undisputed. Maybe that'll be part of the fucking dynamic too, because we haven't really seen what their dynamic is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But maybe that'll be supposed to be kind of what it is. It's like, you know, you got the leader in Adam Cole. You got kind of like the, I guess, the enforcer with Bobby Fish. And then the kid with Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of how I see it. He, he throws me off, man. Every time I look at them, I'm just like, that, he just he's a fucking kid. <laughs> he's a little kid running around with his older brothers. <laughs> That was the um, analogy. You got it right. Uh, and then, uh, did we mention uh, Pete Dunn's great moment there, though? No. So then, after attacking him, he he almost teases to make it look like he's going to come back in to save Wolfgang, but he just comes in to save his title and then leaves. Fantastic. So good, dude. And uh, then we finish off our week of wrestling with the 100th episode of Lucha Underground. Cien. It should have had almost come out. <laughs> Although, actually, dude, it was it was really fucking weird because uh, Sexy Star was part of this episode, and like now since then, like Sexy Star's gotten into some deep shit. But like you know, back yeah. then things were all hunky dory, so it was just really weird of like scenes like, oh wait, yeah, like they're really excited, like yeah, Sexy Star's coming out here, she's part of this match, and, and the like, announcers oh, yeah. like don't bring up any kind of like right, and they don't bring Cause... up anything because it was like, oh yeah, this was taped like a year ago, exactly. <laughs> I bet I bet there's some executive that's just like fucking biting their fucking nails, like God damn it, we're fucking still airing this shit, and uh, like they're like I really hope this doesn't come back to bite us. Yeah, which I'm sure it won't, because it's like you know 
they have an obvious out of like, well, we fucking did all this shit before she fucking hurt. Uh, yeah, I'm fucking forgetting her name now. Who'd she fucking hurt? What was her name? Uh, um, whoa, why am I blanking on her name too? <laughs> Rosemary. Was that yes. Her? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was a little bit jarring, but other than that, uh, good episode. We got some some Atomicos action. Yeah, um, we have two Mundos now. Yes, we have uh, Ricky Mandel changing his name to Ricky Mundo, which pisses off Johnny Mundo. Yes, and, uh, he decides to teach him a lesson. Um, in Slamtown. In Slamtown. <laughs> Bring him down to Slamtown. Make him sit on the sides. Um, but then, yeah, surprisingly, I felt at least kind of surprisingly, the heels uh, picked up the win here. Yeah. But I guess maybe that could be because then a lot of these faces are probably going to win at Ultima Lucha. Yeah, and I think, like, he pinned Prince Puma, who, if the rumors are true, is probably on his way out. So mm-hmm. Puma, I think, basically doing the favors on his way out. Yeah, that could be. Maybe yeah. he's going to put over Mudo twice. Maybe. Uh, and then we also had a fight over the gauntlet. Yeah, we had Jeremiah come down and steal the gauntlet. And then Mil Mertes, uh, fucking Katrina, and I'm trying to, who the fuck else got involved in this? Because yeah, Cage uh, was down there eventually again. Cage, yeah. So Crane steals it, tries to deliver it to Katrina, Muel attacks him, Cage then appears... Katrina tries to disappear, but he has her by the neck, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, where is it? Oh, Mill comes like back out of nowhere, attacks him, and Crane joins in again. While they're all fighting, Dario sneaks in and takes it. Perfect. So then he can, I assume, go bring it to Matanza to go fuck some shit up with. Which, Actually, basically, unstoppable now, right? Yeah, well, actually, you know, I was I was a little bit surprised that they didn't have him come out with it on that same episode, like that it was going to uh, be kind of like a, you know, Jeremiah steals it and then it gets into the hands of Dario and then he comes out for his match that night, and mm-hmm. he's got the gauntlet or something. But maybe that'll happen later, or uh, we could have because there was a lot of interaction with those guys that almost made me feel like they were building towards an Ultima Lucha match. So what if there's going to be a gauntlet match for the gauntlet? Where just like a series of guys are coming after Matanza, like Jeremiah Crane, Mil Muertes, and Cage, and they're all trying to get the gauntlet. That would be it. hilarious, actually, I think. <laughs> the gauntlet match for the gauntlet. The gauntlet. And it's it's still been very vague. Like definitely this gauntlet has a lot of power, but it's just like Sure. Like, we just we pretty much just know that it can crush guys' heads, right? Yeah, it like explodes motherfuckers' heads and uh, can prevent Katrina from teleporting away. Oh, yeah, true. Because, yeah, Cage had her in the, like, by the neck and then she had to let go of it to be able to teleport away for some reason. Because that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, we finally have our full field of uh, fighters for the Aztec medallions. Yeah, kind of a an odd group here. I feel like the the winner here is kind of obvious. Pentagon guys, Dark, right? Oh yeah, I, I feel like it's got to be Pentagon. The only other guy that like maybe would have a chance would be Son of Havoc. Yeah, if they wanted to go for the underdog because I there's no way they're giving it to Drago. I don't think. Or I mean, we've got Paul London, Saltador, Mala Suerte, Son of Havoc, Drago, and Cortez Castro. Yeah, because it's like with the Rabbit Tribe and Cortez Castro. It's like they're they're not even worth considering for the yeah. gift of the gods but then yeah with drago it's like if he was doing his own thing right now maybe but he's kind of got the storyline with other shit going on so then it'd be down to havoc and pentagon and i feel like between those two it's definitely pentagon <laughs> definitely definitely pentagon definitely definitely pentagon definitely pentagon and then we finished off our episode with the matanza getting a win over ray mysterio thanks to some uh, help from Cueto. Some shenanigans from Cueto. Which actually, they, they they pointed out on commentary that this is like another throwback to episode one with like, because Dario interfered in the very first main event or right after the main event. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. 
And that was true on the very first episode. Got involved after the whole Puma and Mundo match. And, interestingly enough, in a throwback to that first episode, Mundo beat Prince Puma in the very first episode. And that happened again in episode 100. Wow, did not think about that. So yeah, some interesting parallels there. I don't know if Pentagon broke anybody's arm in the first episode, but if he did, then that'd be another great one. <laughs> Although, wait, did he did he actually get the arm break? I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember if he actually got it on Aztec. Oh, well. Um, but let's see. Yeah, afterwards, uh, Batanza comes out and he killed Rey Mysterio and then fucking, like, kidnapped him and took him away somewhere. Yeah, so now uh, we don't know where Bray ends up. Yeah, maybe he's going to be, like, taken hostage or something, and, I don't know, Dragon Azteca's going to have to try and rescue him or some shit. We shall see. We shall see, because that was, that was a fucking vicious assault, dude. They did a good job fucking up Bray with, like, the chair around the neck and throwing him into the ring post and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, that, that always, to me, it just seems like a really brutal spot. Oh, Absolutely. So yeah, I fucking I really loved it. Uh, all right, so that does it for this week? Yeah, I think that's it. That's it for me. Ah, that's a really good episode. Um, so make sure you keep up with us on social media: Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter at Smart Brothers, and keep sending those questions in: supersmartbrothers at gmail dot com. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Good show. Peace out, motherfuckers. See you next week. Woo!